Coming up on Verse Course Verse, a year in music happened? It, it happened. It, it's there. That's next. Uh, welcome to Verse Course Verse, episode 152. I am DL. With me is Rachel. Who needs a microphone anyway? Polio. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Rachel, a mean joke. How you doing? Good. I have this microphone in front of me. Did you know microphones I, record song sounds? You need to just practice this motion a bunch of times. Yeah. If I had a separate space for my work and my work, I get that. Then I would just leave the mic down. It just seems like it's such a big black thing right in your face that it just seems. <gasps> So funny story. You just let that sentence go right by without saying anything. <laughs> when you messaged me the other day, I was at Winco sh- grocery shopping and you said, oh, Rachel. And you knew immediately. And I knew immediately <laughs> that I had recorded something without a microphone because I remember recording and I remember thinking I looked really handsy. You know, I just- Rachel's really handsy, <laughs> just so everybody knows. She's just generally really handsy. Yes. Rachel, how's life? Good, great. A few more episodes until the finale. Are you getting ready? I'm getting jacked, like in shape, but also oh, like, very excited. You know, we're not like running an obstacle course <laughs> in the finale, right? There's no obstacle course this time? Nah, it's mostly just wits, Ooh. unfortunately. Yeah, uh, we are excited. We are getting there. This is, uh, I think, one of three more episodes to record and yeah. it's finale time. This is the first time Rachel has joined me for an entire year dissection. Yes, we are dissecting one entire year. Do these episodes suck or what? They don't suck. No, they're awesome. Uh, I love these episodes, but I am also still and was terrified and incredibly intimidated by an entire year of music. There is a massive, it's not fear of being left out, but it's fear of leaving something out. Yeah. What is that? Uh, Folo. Folo. <laughs> Guaranteed, eventually you get over it and you just know that somebody's going to write and be like, how the hell did you not talk about this one album? Yeah. And as far as other episodes that you've had to study for, where does this rank as far as... Well, I do have to say that this one kind of goes up there a little bit with quick fires, where it seems like it's a lot, a lot, a lot of work, but it's actually really not because we're not going super in depth to albums and songs, but... God damn, if this, I have to say this is the biggest rabbit hole episode that I've gone into because there's all these bands and all those bands have rabbit holes of their own. It's not just one band you're going down. And then you have to kind of start thinking, especially with a year like this, it's easy to get lost in history. And then you have to start thinking, this is a decent album. Where, where is this in their discography? Mm -hmm. And then you have to go back and, and really think and listen to their other shit and be like, oh man, this is uh, way up there. This sucks. Like it's evil is currently tap dancing. Because he doesn't have to be in this. It doesn't have How to do How did he get this out of this time. one? I'm pretty sure I asked both of you because we had one interview fall through. Yeah. Uh, he is no longer going to be on the podcast because he's starting his own and decided to flake on <gasps> us like a dick face. Who is it? I don't want to say. You can bleep it out. Well, I mean. <gasps> what a dick. He ghosted us the week before we were supposed to start. Oh, no. Damn is it. What it is. Them's the break. Does he know how famous our podcast is and how well his podcast would do if he showed up on our podcast? So that fell through and I was like, uh, shit, I need an episode. Yeah. Uh, anybody want to do one? And then you, the dummy, was like, not only will I do one, but which episode would best fill out the rotation yeah well we haven't done a year dissection in we've only done two this year yeah so you're like sure i'll do it yeah because you don't think about <laughs> consequences in general <laughs> I... <laughs> that is so accurate in my life 1974 this is a good transition fucking... thank you Speaking of hypodermic needles, how about 1974? Ah, uh, yes. What an interesting fucking year. I didn't do this on purpose, but I feel like this is a good period for you because you are a little bit of the seven early 70s rocker person, right? Yeah. So 1974 is actually when my dad graduated from high school. This music 
was playing in my house when I was growing up. This is how I grew up. I was actually super excited when you said 74, because I thought no better year for me to study than when uh, Gus graduated and went off to serve our country. How much did Gus help you with this one? Zero percent. I actually have been very busy and haven't gotten to talk to him about it. (laughs) Actually, you know, there's a song that we might talk about that's very fitting. Yeah. Parents and their children losing touch. We'll get there. (laughs) God, poor Gus, man. Yeah. I'm going to try to stay positive, but I have things to say about this year that I'm I I don't know, man. I I agree. (sighs) Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you worry. It's uh. Okay. Well, we'll get to it. We got a lot to get into. Uh, Before we do, we got to talk about the most important part of the evening. This is my first day off in about 13 days of really hard work. I was going to not drink because I have to pick up my mom at the airport, but (laughs) I decided But then you're like, "Mm." I'm getting a ride to take my mom to to pick up my mom from the airport. So I'm balls deep in some sangria right now. He really is, guys. Well, I had to take a picture for Instagram tonight. Right. It's a Spanish female singer. So I thought, what better than sangria? Sangria. Equal parts Aperol, Campari, grapefruit juice, uh, one bottle of wine, equal part sweet vermouth, tangerillos, and grapefruit. It's so fancy. I'm telling you, I'm a big, big fruit guy. So this is super high in sugar. I'm going to have a massive headache. I don't care. This is so good. Do you feel like your alcohol and mixers are taking over your house? No. Looks behind him. No, not at all. (laughs) Not even, not even a little bit. The more we hang out, the more I realize I just don't have the space for alcohol in my house anymore. Because I have a very, I, everything, my house was built in 1930. So like the cupboards are small, like everything is. It surprises me that you don't have a hip little roller bar, the 50s. Mad Men office roller bar thing. I am also surprised about that. Did you ever get my card for your wedding? What card? I sent you a card for a wedding present. Like a card, like greeting like card? Like in the mail. Yeah. Mm-mm. That just hit me because I was thinking about your record play. So f- spoiler, I guess, for your wedding gift, there's like a company there that would know how to fix your record player. <gasps> really? I was going to pay for them to fix that. Oh. And then you would have a record player. But I was thinking you could do something with that and turn it into like a... So I've thought of that. It doesn't need speakers that big. So I thought of like gutting it, putting normal size speakers in there, and then using the rest of the space for either storage or for alcohol. alcohol. I think though, for one of the things that we're going to do next year, I kind of like the idea of you not having a bunch of liquor ready to go. I kind of like you having to MacGyver shit in the Rachel way. I mean, here's the thing. I don't have like the mixers of drinks. Like I have tequila, gin, vodka, all of that stuff, but I don't have like vermouth. I don't have like a lot of sweeteners or... I got you. So it's always like Capri Sun. Grape drink. (laughs) That's perfect. You okay, know, good. Great Don't drink. change that. I'm not going we're gonna to. Need, we're going to need that. Don't you worry. Um, so yeah, I've got sangria. What do you got? Uh, I have a blue Gatorade today. I was going to say, you must have brought some Curacao, but no, you bought blue Gatorade. It's this just, is exactly what we were talking about. This yeah. is perfect. I love this. Yeah. So it's just 1800 and blue Gatorade. It's good tequila. Whatever, whatever blue is in flavor. That's a lot of tequila. I'm not going to lie. That's so perfect. Blue Curacao, you say? No, <laughs> no. blue Gatorade. What's uh, a Curacao? That's going to be perfect. We're talking about 1974. I don't even know, man. The transition of 60s into stoner 70s. Yeah. It's a weird fucking year, and we're going to get there. First, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. She's a schemer and she makes me mad. But I love her a lot. Those lonely nights I was 1974. Nixon resigns. He did. Watergate, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. First president ever to resign. What are your thoughts on that? Are you a pro Nixon? Not that's really. A, no. That's a, none of us. We don't. We weren't alive. We don't give a shit. No. Stephen King's first novel comes out. I didn't know that one. Which one was it? Carrie. Carrie. That's right. I did know that. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. 1974 was Carrie, man. Mama Cass dies. Uh, one of the coolest fucking singers. I don't think we've talked about Mama Cass or the Mamas and the Papas. Mm-mm. She was the shit. Yeah. Are you a Mamas and the Papas? Person. Yeah, that was one of the first uh, compact discs that I owned was love that. Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, I love them. I'm impressed by that. Thank you. Rumble in the Jungle, Foreman versus Ali, mm-hmm. baby. Ali Bumaye. Blazing Saddles and The Towering Inferno are the highest grossing movies. 
could you imagine Blazing Saddles these days coming out being like a massive... You know, it's funny. There's so much access to knowledge these days that you can find shit that people say from like a couple years ago and they're like they have to apologize <laughs> for something they did yeah a couple months ago looking back on the stuff that people got away with saying like all of like blazing, blazing saddles Sad- <laughs> yeah like the, <laughs> the entire movie yeah. godfather 2 the original chainsaw massacre and of course mm-hmm. young frankenstein i yeah. mean just that's gold right there. Uh, Happy Days debuted. Don't care. Don't care. That's why you missed it. Uh, Patty Hearst got kidnapped. Oh, remember that? Yes, that was yes. a good one. Okay. The Terracotta Army got discovered. Okay. Which I don't know if you care about, but yeah, that was pretty that's cool. You cool. and Evil's favorite TV show premiered, Little House on the Prairie. That premiered in 74? Yes. 74 to 82. Papa Ingalls. Yes. And the following bands formed 38 Special, Cheap Trick, The Ramones, Blondie, and then Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks joined Fleetwood Mac. Awesome. Before we get any farther, we got to uh, play the friendship test here. Rachel, (sighs) we have to guess each other's favorite album from 1974. You get to cheat a little bit because I have four of them behind me. I recognize one of the album covers. (laughs) (laughs) It's because my dad had it. I'm going to go with Linda Ronstadt. Just because you tried to sneak it onto one of the lists. Oh, I did. I feel like you found it and were like, oh, fuck. I didn't see Linda Ronstadt. Totally forgotten. (laughs) That's what I'm picking. That's a good pick. You you just seem like you seem like a Linda Ronstadter. Great pick. Rachel, what about me? Okay. I picked apostrophe. That's very good It's weird as shit. And it seems very highbrow. You have to be very fancy, but also very hipster to, to listen to this. Super douchey to listen to Frank Zappa. So yes. I thought, that's, that's David. That's my friend David. Those are good picks. We'll see if yes. we're right. Odds are not in our favor. It's a lot to choose from. 1974. There was really, really good stuff in 1974. But there was so much more really, really bad. Yes. A lot of even the good music is just boring as fuck, mm-hmm. man. This is one of those parts of music history where I think there was just a kind of a rut where everybody's kind of stuck doing the same thing. They found this awesome 70s sound, mm-hmm. but then they couldn't just break out of it. You had all these like Bachman Turner Overdrive and Bill whatever and fucking UFO. That's UFOs are really bad. Example. I love UFO, but even Lennon was doing some weird shit. I feel like going into this year, I was super excited because like I said, this was a year of Gus. There were so many people that I was so excited to listen to their albums when I looked at who put out albums this year. So much potential. That's all I can say for this year is there was so much potential and so many really, really good musicians and really good bands putting music out. And a lot of it was really boring or bad. The rhythm sections are terrific, Mm -hmm. but they're all doing the same exact thing. Kind of driving, a little bit walking bass. There's that same exact boom, snare, drum. All the music, it really just starts to... It's so easy to have it all just blend together. Mm -hmm. Even though there are people like Stevie Wonder in this year and and David Bowie, these incredible artists, all the the majority of it to me just, this is probably my least favorite year to study this far just because it didn't, there's the cool bluesy rock stuff going on, but even then it's, you know. It feels like this year wasn't like a big year for trying new things. You know, you have Frank Zappa doing Frank Zappa. You have like Jethro Tolls doing his different thing. And then of course, we'll talk a lot about people like Steely Dan that are coming. I'll say this now, even Stevie Wonder's album, which is, this is right in the middle of Stevie Wonder writing like four of the greatest albums, the the biggest four album run an artist has ever gone on. Mm -hmm. This is by far my least favorite of that run. Yeah. And I don't know. There's just, I'm not saying that there's, that even the good is bad this year. I'm just saying that there's a lot of not great stuff this year. Agreed. Sorry, Gus. That's okay. Is he a big uh, Jethro Tull guy? Yes, huge. Is he? Yeah. I love that. Number one hit was The Way We Were by Barbara Streisand. Right. When I looked at like Ugh. the top songs of the year, I was super disappointed. <laughs> you know, when you're talking about biggest hits, it's always like that. It's always some form of Bob Jones and fucking... But like Barbara Streisand? No yeah. offense to Barbara Streisand, but like... This was, I, mean, I wanted rock and roll. Can, like I wanted not. It can be offense. <laughs> <laughs> worried about 
offending all our Barbra Streisand fans. <laughs> a little fans. bit, yeah. <laughs> I want them to keep listening. Band on the Run had come out in 70. There's some good stuff that came out in 73. Yeah. Uh, that was still big. And I feel like that was another thing about this year is I was looking through every 74 thing I was looking through. It's mm-hmm. all shit from 73. Yes. Like the Joker that you caught me on, which I... Yeah. Because I was just looking at like hits of 74. Hit, but the Joker yeah. was in October of 73. So that one didn't get on the list. And even though you had had we were on the precipice mm-hmm. the first kiss album this year right and you had judas priest this was bad companies first we were on the precipice of a whole other rock thing right but we were not there this year at all and also you have i mean kiss included in that that just weren't developed into their sound yet where they got this following yeah. because they were kiss and they put on a show and people were very entertained by them their sound wasn't matured and their album sucked hot because take. they weren't there yet hot take you believe it too it's the same i am we're the same so in general i'm just not a huge kiss guy i i do like kiss out of american genres detroit rock is probably top three for me huge you know and yeah and kiss is a massive part of that but you know i love kiss and they're fun to listen to but they're not it's not like they fucking we're not talking about steely dan or stevie wonder it's right. kiss but they put out some no, bangers it's, it's these but there's no bangers on this no you're right what was the big hit off of their first album Songs like Nothing to Lose, they had Strutter on there too, but it wasn't, I think you're right, Kiss wasn't Kiss Kiss yet. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. let's talk about the breakout albums and artists of the year. I think I just mentioned half of mine. You know, Kiss right. is in there, uh, Judas Priest. Do you have any? I also had Kiss because, again, they still got their following, mm-hmm. even though that album wasn't the best. Leonard Skinner had a really good year that year. They were, that was their second, second album because they had the one with the pronunciation. Yeah. I also had, stay with me. Okay. Marvin Hamlish had a great year. Okay. <laughs> um, he won a lot of Grammys for his work, uh, The Entertainer, and the stuff from The Way They Were. Mr. E got himself. Yes. Brian Eno, Pat Benatar, The Commodores. Mm-hmm. I think I already said Bad Company. Yeah. A lot of breakouts. A lot of people that were going to be big. Mm-hmm. What about Height of Power? Height of power. Uh, So I found a couple that I felt like were very much in their prime. You already mentioned Stevie Wonder. Yeah. He had a a great year again for awards, for Grammys, for the fulfillingness first finale. Um, Elton John, although he did not put out the best album with Caribou, he was still riding the high from uh, Yellow Brick Road with um, Benny and the Jets. He did have On Caribou... Bitches back. Don't, Don't let the sun go, go down on yep. me. And Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. He has said he that he hates that, this album. No shit. What, what's the other cover that he had on that? <laughs> Pinball Wizard. Thank you. Well, to be fair, that was on the reissue in 95. Oh. So it was actually okay. not on the original one. Pinball Wizard was what I was thinking of, though. So. <sighs> Love Pinball Wizard. I love The Who. He has very supple wrists. <laughs> Stevie Wonder was one of mine. Even though I don't think this was one of his best albums, this is when he he was untouchable. Right. Mine, after doing a little research and looking at a bunch of concerts and stuff like that, and I know that he did a lot of stuff before this, but I'm going with Ravi Shankar. It was one of the biggest tours in America, in the world, sorry, that year. Him and George Harrison. Oh. We're touring together. I mean, there aren't that many sitar players that are going to just start coming out with their right. own albums and shit and be able to tour. He had worked it out. He had done something that like nobody else would ever do. Mm-hmm. I also had John Denver was killing Oh, that's it. a good one. He had that some songs pulling over from 73 that were still hits. And then he had Annie's song, Back Home Again. And thank God I'm a country boy. A lot of older white, here's my acoustic guitar and my voice yeah. type stuff coming out that year. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. We'll talk about some of those, I bet. Uh, How about these assholes in the next section? (laughs) Albums that have aged poorly. Do you have Eric Clapton in it? I don't have Eric Clapton because I went with some lyrics that I found that were horrible. Oh, let me go first because yours sounds way better than me. Rachel, can I I tell you what really grinds my gears? Yes, please. You know what I really don't like? And this is is a little bit of an elitist liberal take for me, but hey, it is what it is. I have them sometimes. (laughs) White dudes covering Bob Marley. Oh, yeah. I fucking hate it. I've always hated it. College years when you're walking downtown and you go into the bar and there's a bunch of fucking white dudes with dreads singing revolution song. I don't want that. And uh, 
I get that some people maybe in the room just love Clapton's version of I Shot the Sheriff. Right. But uh, (laughs) no, he can fuck right off because Bob Marley's standing right there. Yeah. Did you ever hear Marcus Eaton when he played around in downtown Boise? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely covered... The, so, the, some reggae he Marcus, should not have covered. Poor Marcus Eaton. Those songs of freedom are all he ever had. <laughs> <laughs> um, you found some lyrics, huh? I did. Just a couple. I hear. So Randy Newman, good old Randy Newman. Do you know where this I is going? I love Randy Newman. I love Randy I, Newman. Go ahead. A wedding in Cherokee County. Uh-oh. Not what you're expecting. How long had he been around at this point? Uh, a this minute. is fairly late 60s, right? Too terribly what long was his months. album called this year? A wedding in Cherokee County. Papa was a midget. Mama was a whore. Okay. I like that. That was just a line that Wait, I that's heard it? and thought. That's... I thought you were going to start throwing around super like Peter Pan racist it's Native gonna American get... shit. There's going to be other stuff. Oh, oh, oh I thought you were done. In <laughs> other songs. Well, that was that was all right. Well, are we not... You still is... can't get away with it today. Midget or whore? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. I know, I know well... that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You can't say whore. I can say whore. I had to think about it for Um, a second. And then Carl Douglas, Kung Fu Fighting. I mean, come on. Okay, maybe you're just not impressed by my finds, and that's fine. That's actually a perfect example of something that we're going to talk about at the end of the year. Which is? Should you treat other eras differently because it was a different era? Should they get a pass just because? We don't have to touch that now. That's the beauty of doing it at the end of the year when we're drunk uh, and in punching distance. <laughs> That's a great idea. Kung Fu Fighting was that Kung year. Fu Fighting. So that was, there was Funky Billy Chin and Little Sammy Chung. So it was just the use of these. Yeah, that's not Very great. common. <laughs> Have you seen the video online? She's like a realtor at a party mm-hmm. and she's a quote unquote comedian. Mm-mm. She wrote a song called like, I want to be ninja. And she's performing it in like a dinner party. Oh. And there's like an Asian girl standing right there watching her do this. It is the... That's... It is top five most uncomfortable... Ugh. Sorry, I have to I have to send it to Before you Before right you now. forget. Is that... Are we good on the uh, what is age poorly? Yeah. So one of the things that I like to do on these is uh, listening to at the time versus now. It doesn't really work. No. Because neither of us were alive in 1974. True. So... I'm more going to turn this into a, has your flavor changed with specific bands from this era? Are there bands that you would have never even glanced at when you were younger that now you're like, fuck, this shit is rad. No, I don't know. I think that I loved everything that I was exposed to for the most part that my dad was playing. And so I just love them more now. I did find a couple artists that I was like, this is not bad. I would listen to more of this. But there was nothing mm-hmm. that I felt like changed from however many years it was ago that I was listening to what my dad was putting on. I think what has evolved for me is my appreciation for the production sound of the 70s. Oh my gosh, that yes. backing pianos mm-hmm. that are always in the rock mm-hmm. and the, the lighter drums now that everything is so pristine, mm-hmm. there's a little static there. Mm-hmm. I will always love, I've always loved bands like Earth, Wind & Fire and The Spinners. Who The Spinners, by the way, they don't get enough mm-hmm. accolades. The Spinners were the shit. Uh, Billy Preston, Doobie Brothers. Those bands hit me way harder now that, you know, once I passed yeah. like 35, I was like, fuck, yeah. this stuff's good. There was a lot of that that I found actually mildly transitioning into the next section. Harry Nilsson, oh. who did If Living Is yeah. Without You, Can't Live, whatever, yeah. did a song with John Lennon, Save the Last Dance for Me. He didn't, I mean, he didn't, John Lennon produced it. You're talking about that famous Michael Buble song? Yeah. Shout out Sven. <laughs> His voice <laughs> is so like raw and gritty and I love that and I Love that it yeah. hasn't been touched. Apparently, he was like coughing up blood all day, but they were like, it's okay, just record, and this is what it's going to sound like. And it sounds... Oh, it's like Twist and Shout Lennon yes, Factor. Yes, and it sounds amazing, and it wasn't touched, and it wasn't re-recorded because it sounded not perfect. I love it. I love that there's this gritty texture, and I feel like it really fits the song because it's like this yeah. guy imploring somebody to do something, and it's like... Yeah, it's so good. I like that. The next category we're talking about being hidden gems or uh, underrated albums, albums that may have taken indie roles back in the day. I have to mention Tom Waits 
because this was one of Tom Waits' first mm-hmm. big albums. We actually, this was something we toyed with. No, we didn't toy with it. You just sent me a, I think you sent me a text just saying like, hey, the Tom Waits album is good I said, this, this is not bad. And you said, mm. I don't like it. I don't like this yeah. album. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a lot of shit for it. Uh, what's it? I forgot the name of it. It's very, uh, thing, uh, Heart of Saturday Night. Yeah. It's like black and white detective what's the what's the perry mason word i'm thinking ish yeah but what's the there's a name for that era fuck dick tracy yeah yeah ah well sorry everybody you idiot failing you but anyway it's very it's all that Mm -hmm. and i don't know man (laughs) tom waits is cool as shit but that album is almost like tom waits light here i'm gonna try to be cool yeah it's like no tom waits is cool because he's just him I'm sure I'm wrong. I liked it, but I can understand how you would find it a little boring and uninspired. Yeah, it's just, it's not Tom, Tom Waits is weird, man. Maybe that's, that's why like, I was okay with it is because it wasn't like the normal, like, <laughs> I wasn't terrified. Tom Waits doing cool, cool jazz. Yeah. And then I also want to shout out a band that never gets recognition that should, and that is the band UFO. Yeah. Uh, nobody talks about UFO. They're spectacular. And they came out with an album this year. I thought you had like a UFO album no. hidden. I was like, are you, are you listening to UFO? <laughs> no, you're just knocking over pictures. You'll be all right. Nobody's it's watching. Fine. Was there an album everywhere while you were researching that you hadn't heard that you're like, oh shit, this is cool. Or my God, I had no idea this existed. Rewind just for a second though. Another album. Oh, sorry. Underrated or albums that took indie roles, but underrated mm-hmm. certainly at the time, one of your favorites uh, I want to see the bright lights tonight, yeah. which got nobody no to accolades. Nobody yep. fucking cared. That's and it was uh, just a complete commercial failure. <laughs> you covered that on the Rolling Stone thing this year, didn't you? I absolutely did. And I was bored as fuck the first time I listened to it. And then I covered it, probably didn't talk very nicely about it. And after listening to it like eight more times during this, I feel like My an God. asshole. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I got to start putting more thought into what I give you. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, you have to listen to this album at least five times. You have to try to like the, the album that you're going to talk about. I feel like you like it better when I shit on stuff, though. Yola Tango was exactly what I was getting. So I'll say it like this, and I edited. I don't know if you've watched the Yola Tango one. I put mm-hmm. it in Dropbox. But oh, yeah. Yola Tango, I absolutely was like, I cannot wait for her to hate this. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you honestly, I thought you were going to love LCD Sound System. Really? I thought you were going to love it. It was, I was like, holy fuck. It was she whatever. Shit. It was fine. It's like fucking cowbell dance music, man. Mm. Anyway, S- album you didn't know existed? I did not know about Grievous Angel, and that one kept popping up yeah. everywhere. Graham Parsons. Um, yeah. And I listened to it, and it kind of slapped. There's a lot in there, and I was really <laughs> into it. And I don't know how I had not run into that ever in Go, all of my years. And that's a lot of uh, 1974 shit. Yeah. The kind of country country rock. Yeah. Like, not country, but southern no, rock. I don't know. It I don't did know have, like, a little John denver vibe at the top yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. as it got into it, it went into very classic rock and then kind of transitioned back into, like, a little bit of a country feel. I will say, for me, I did not realize how good King Crimson's album from this year was. Mm-hmm. They came out with an album called Red this year. And, you know, everybody talks about uh, the one with 21st Century Schizoid Man. But this one is a lot darker. It's heavier. Mm -hmm. It's fucking cool. I like it. I had no idea. It's still weird. It's still King Crimson. And it's like very hard and challenging to get into. Uh, I don't know if I'm almost too old or something. But I'll tell you the other one that's a very obvious one that I didn't realize how good it truly was. And we'll talk about this more later, but Court and Spark by Joni Mitchell. Yeah. You know, everybody talks about the Blue Album, the 80s one that I can't think of off the top of my head. But this this album is fucking, it's so good. It really is. Do you have, Rachel, do you have a theme song from this year? Okay, so the one that I felt I would like to apply to my life, I guess, was, and not because I'm a bad mother, but Cats in the Cradle, because I feel like we get so caught up in our lives, we forget that we're trying to raise another human being and you need to pay attention to them. Eh. Me having just one child in the house, it's very easy to be like, forget that he's there, I guess. He's so quiet. He's so good at hanging out on his own. Okay, let's edit all of that out. Child Protective (laughs) Services again. (laughs) I think it's just a good song to remind you that you need to pay attention to your kids uh, because they only are so little for so long. I, so I have look. So, here's what I'll say for my theme song of the year. 
always easy to know when you've made yourself uncomfortable. <laughs> My real answer for this, is, well, no, I, I want to put don't let the sun go down on me just because I'm, I don't have anything to say about Elton John in this year. I don't think Caribou's good. Bitch's back is fine. Don't let the sun go down on me is a fucking a unbelievable song. But I don't have anywhere to put it on this. So you put it there? My real, real answer is in my top five favorite songs. So I'm not, I'm, okay. we'll, we'll wait for that. Rachel, what's the worst album song whatever of this year? Okay, so I have seven, eight-ish. Damn, Gina. There's a lot that was bad. And there was a lot that was bad from very good artists. And that's kind of what I focused on is that Mm -hmm. you have Judas Priest's debut sold a couple thousand copies, which was reviewed as sketchy and underfocused. You have Kiss, which we've already (laughs) talked about, which didn't really have a vision for themselves. So that wasn't great. Rush also debut album Rush didn't have yeah. Neil Peart. They didn't they didn't evolved in into what the band would be yet. George Harrison's Dark Horse, not great. Uh worst reviews of his year called yeah. Disastrous, Shoddy, Chronicle Performer, Out of His Element Working to a Deadline, Overtaxed. Just <laughs> horrible, horrible reviews on that. So are these all albums that you don't like? Or are you just saying like these are ones that didn't do well? These are albums that didn't do well. Okay. I mean, I don't like them either. But so far, <laughs> like none of those were like, oh, I love these. Because you just called out a lot of... Right. <laughs> I mean, I, no, that's... The, about, you got you got balls. There's so like many it. amazing artists. All of those artists that I've named are very, very talented and have put out really good work. But this was yeah. not their year. The Eagles as well. Competent. Uh, this was their third studio album. I mean, that is that is the description of the entire Eagles discography. Well, yes. I like the Eagles. Yeah, that figures. <laughs> 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 um, um also uh, Elton John. That's yeah, caribou's caribou's not a good album. Why are you making me feel so anxious? I don't know. I'm not I think your answers are good. Good like good only, content or good like No, I disagree with some of that, but there's How do you disagree? Process. What do you disagree with? Uh, uh, you're going to find out. Okay. I can't, I don't want to spoil anything. That's fair. My worst of the year is uh Carly Simon and James Taylor got together and did Mockingbird. And that song has ruined everybody's life since. <laughs> That's the right answer, everyone. That relationship brought great songs, though. And guess what? Not just not that song. <laughs> guess what, Rachel? What? Now it's time for DL to shit on the Stones. Yay! The Stones came out with its only rock and roll this year. This album fucking sucks. So all you Stones fans, I want to hear you defend this piece of shit. And I'm going to tell you, we've done a lot of years so far. And yeah, there's a couple really good ones that we've done. We did the year that, uh, I don't know. We've done a couple years where Stones had really good albums. But every other year, they've had an album and it sucked. So um, it's only rock and roll. Defend it, yeah, people. I'm I'm waiting. I'm it was listening. also on my list. I just didn't have a good explanation for why it sucked. I just put that because it it's not a good album. I mean, you Stones fans, uh, I'm telling you, I'm giving them chances, and and they just keep giving ammo. To, like it's this this album is not good. Right there we go. I think that's 1974 for for us. Uh, before we start doing our uh, rankings, mm-hmm. there's you know there's other stuff that I did. I got to talk about UFO. That's great. There's a couple other ones. I'm not sure we'll we'll bring up. You know what one that you and I haven't talked about in our ramblings of rankings and things like that that I did want to bring up and get your thoughts on. Are you an Aerosmith fan? So I don't think so. I think they fall into, I like them a little bit more than Kiss and where I can see their talent, but I'm not like, I'm going to go buy an Aerosmith album right now. But I do think that they had their, <laughs> had their moment and they were very talented. This was not their moment. This was not their year. I like I, your comparison to Kiss. I think Aerosmith is 20 times more talented than Kiss. Oh, 100%. Like, They're much better, but... They fall into the same like novelty band to where it's not something that I'm going to turn off necessarily, but it's not yeah. something I'm going to turn well, off. F- fucking Steven Tyler made them that. Oh, and it's, unfor- it's unfortunate because, you know, like this album, I think the album that Aerosmith did this year is a, it's a good album. It's a lot to that bluesy, more Southern mm-hmm. Perry's fucking ripping it. Right. I think there is something for me and many other people. And it sounds like including you that Steven Tyler has just kind of fucked everything. And 
literally and figuratively because i would i was a huge 90s aerosmith guy like yeah. pump is one of my favorite albums ever i yeah. fucking love pump and permanent vacation is so good but then all of a sudden you get into the the armageddon crying amazing crazy shit and it kind of fucking tarnishes the the good that they did in the early 70s yeah sorry i know i there's got to be big aerosmith fans that listen to this oh, i think sure. i know so sorry guys just kind of a sidebar about Steven Tyler, it was interesting listening to this because there's not a ton of, because I started listening to Aerosmith in the 90s when all that stuff that you hate was coming out. Yeah. It was interesting to hear his voice in 74. In the old stuff. Versus yeah. 94. Yes. There's not the years of wear and tear on it. So it's an an interesting but it's version still, of his but voice. But it's still fucking But it's still raw. him. Like, yeah. This is what's weird is, it, it, and I do, I think the reason I like this album mm-hmm. is because it does vamp up to next year's album which we aren't going to talk about here but yeah the next year it, obviously everybody here fucking toys in the attic by aerosmith it's toys in the attic right but uh this one is you know it has train keeps rolling and stuff like that but yeah i just wanted to hear your take on aerosmith because i don't think we've ever talked about them yeah good we did it uh hey let's go into some rankings we're gonna take a break we'll be right back We are back. Rachel, who won 1974? David, I don't have an answer for that because I don't know if anyone won 1974. Patty, I have an answer. Patty Hearst? <laughs> that was good. I'm going to go with the old B Strand, the old Barbara Streisand. Oh, she sure did. Her and Marv. I mean, yeah. She got her shit figured out. They had a good year. Man. Okay, that was uh, tells you how lame 74 was. Sorry. <laughs> Let's do songs. Okay. We're going to do top five favorite songs of 1974. Rachel, do you have any honorable mentions? I do have honorable mentions. And is it a white guy singing Bob Marley? Okay, I have two honorable mentions. (laughs) One you don't know about because I completely forgot until a couple hours ago. So I do have Eric Clapton, I Shot the Sheriff. I don't support Eric Clapton or his beliefs, but I do think that he is musically talented. Can I ask you an honest question? I really don't know the answer to. Beyond him fucking everybody's wives, what's the deal with Eric Clapton? Why does everybody hate Eric Clapton from what he said in the media standpoint? I don't know. He's a big racist piece of shit, and I forget exactly what happened, but he went on like some rant on stage in like... Are thinking of Kramer? No. Good though. Yeah. And after I read that, I was like, wow, he's actually a horrible human being. Really, really bad. So since then I was like, oof. Because my dad, like, my dad yeah. fucking loves Eric Clapton. He thinks uh, he's slow hand baby. Invented the guitar. Yeah, sure. No, he's. I love Eric Clapton. I love Eric. I lo- I love his music. Yeah. I think he's super talented. Anyway, what's your other honorable mention, Rachel? Smooth <laughs> um, segue. My other honorable. Hey My other honorable. <laughs> uh oh. I can do this. <laughs> Tequila. Honorable mention. Oh, well done. Goes to Golden Earrings. Radar Love. I completely forgot about this song. It fucking rules. Radar Love came out in 74? Yes, according to a playlist that I listened to over and over again. 73, Rach. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Here's the thing. It was on the... I was listening to the 1974 I, I wor- Billboard Spotify. hits. and I should have warned you. Spotify fucks with the years. You cannot trust Spotify. It wasn't... It wasn't Spotify's fault. This one was 74 Billboard hits. Okay, well, I tried to save you, but sorry. Shit. So I shot the sheriff, huh? Yep, that's it. Just that one. (laughs) Uh, I also have a uh, honorable mention, and I have a bone to pick with you. Go on. Excited about this. My honorable mention has a little bit to do with your honorable mention, because mine is the real (laughs) artist, Bob Marley, and his song, No Woman, No Cry. Yes. Now, I I will tell you this. No Woman, No Cry would be number one with a bullet if it was the live version. But Mm -hmm. I think I am not alone in the fact. I think most of us in the world prefer Bob Marley live. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, his recordings aren't fantastic there. I'm Mm. here's I don't know if we've ever talked about him. I'm a massive Bob Marley fan. Yeah. Massive. Love Bob Marley. No Woman, No Cry is no, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the old Bob? I love Bob. I don't love reggae to be honest fair but i do think he's super super talented so i do appreciate his music it's just 
I feel about reggae the way a lot of people feel about country music, where in very small doses, they're fine with it. But in an entire album, it gets a little wearing, having a a very familiar sound repeating. I feel the same way, which is why like Bob Marley's mine. Mm -hmm. There's not reggae. It's it's just Bob Marley. Okay, I'm just turning Bob Marley on. Um, I also just, we'll have to do like a three-parter on him someday because he, you know, is responsible for the, he's the economic savior of an entire country. Like for he's, sure. He's a fucking, any hoot. Uh, that's my honorable mention. Good it's job. the Bob Marley. Yes. Uh, and which brings me to my number five mm-hmm. uh, coming from an album that we might talk about later. Killer Queen. Right. By Freddie Mercury and his band Queen. Freddie Mercury had a band? He did. Mm. They did all right. Killer Queen is one of my favorite Queen songs. Queen came out with two fucking albums this year, man. Uh. And I guess we can talk about this now because the way that we do this, at the end of this, we are going to name our collective top 10 albums of 1974. Right. And the way that starts is we each give our own 10 and then we go from there. Yeah. You had Queen 2 on your top 10 of 74. You like Queen 2 more than Sheer Heart... Because Sheer Heart Attack was not on either of ours. Okay, not going to lie. I hadn't listened all the way through (laughs) Sheer Heart Attack. I'm just very excited about Queen. Okay. So did you just like see Queen and you're like, oh, fuck. Fucking Queen. I bet this is a good one. No, you you picked the wrong one, Rachel. (laughs) Obviously. Killer Queen is amazing. Yeah. Caviar and Cigarettes. Yeah. I fuck God, I love that song. Uh, <laughs> Rachel, what's your fifth favorite song of 74? Um, this is for your influence, but it was Joni Mitchell's Help Me. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Joni. She's incredible. She really is. She really is. Did you have a hard time uh, listening to her music since you're a Spotify gal? It was just more annoying to, <laughs> have, to, to have to go into different YouTube <laughs> yeah. videos. I mean, it was all, it's all accessible. Like you could, you could find everything. Yeah. But it was just more of a hassle than Spotify. I need to listen to more Joni Mitchell. That's what I learned about this year. We all do. Uh, What's your number four? Number four, I have Jolene by Dolly Parton, which is just... Rachel? Yeah. Are you telling me that there are three better songs than Jolene in the year Jolene came out? And my... Have you ever listened to the song Jolene? In my personal opinion, (laughs) there are three songs better than Jolene. Uh, Good Lord, woman. That is one of the albums behind me. Sven and I have done an entire episode on the album Jolene by Dolly Parton on this podcast. Yeah. So go find that and listen. We actually sent that episode out <laughs> to someone. They liked it so much that they fucking stole it. So, hey, we must be doing something David, right. David, they might have been getting ready to review that exact album on their YouTube channel. Who knows? Ex- exactly. The next week. Yes. Where are we at? We are at. Let's get to my number four, an album that we haven't talked about, a band that we have not talked about on this podcast, and uh, another one that I now get to say is one of my favorite bands. It is Bloody Well Right by Super Tramp. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, for better or for worse, you can hate me if you want. I fucking love Super Tramp so goddamn much. I'm so mad I forgot to change my name. To what? What are you talking about? Nobody pays attention to that. I okay. do. Um, I don't know much about Supertramp personally, so I did turn this on and spin it. But So you'd never heard Bloody Well, right? I don't think right? so. No. What the fuck? I had heard of Supertramp, but then I turned this on. Honestly, I turned this on because I was like, I put this in my top five songs? I don't know what the fuck this is. And then I realized that it was on your list and not my list because I'm a dumb idiot. My God. How did I get hired? <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so you don't you don't seem like you're too impressed. It was fine. Man. I was... It, rough crowd. Ugh. Yeah, sorry. It's just hard stuff to hear. I'm sorry. You don't like the work at the beginning of that? You, bloody well right. God, <laughs> listeners, can you help? Can you throw me a bone? Can you write me? <laughs> can you tell me? Fuck yes, go super tramp. I'm not saying that Crime of the Century is the best fucking album of 74, but goddamn, Bloody Well Right is such song. a good fucking song. Uh, leading me into my number three favorite song, 1974. And I'm going to continue on the conversation that I was having with Rachel. So there are two songs that uh, I am very much a, when I need to be, I'm a little bit of a musical sap. And I am a massive mm-hmm. work traveler. I'm one of those guys. I'm the traveling. And so I'm away all the time. I have two songs on my mix that'll play when I'm on an airplane and I uh, get a little choked up. And that is 
Rocket Man by Elton John, mm-hmm. Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. I am away all the fucking time. My daughter had this massive gymnastics showcase that she'd been working on for like half a year last week, and I had to miss it. Having to tell the kid that you're going to miss it. And that it's like you can't explain how broken hearted you are when you have to do that shit. This song is mm. so fucking good at getting the whole point across of people doing what they're doing. And you have to because, you you know, people need money to live. Yeah. It's part of life. Mm-hmm. That song, man, rips you apart. It sure does. Even if, if you parent- live at home and you just leave your kid in the corner because they're so quiet like <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Oh, yeah. hey, you're there. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Rachel, what's your third favorite song of 1974? Third favorite song is Black Water by the Doobie Brothers. So good. That's such a good song. So good. Mm-hmm. This is one of the songs that was on repeat at my house when I was a kid. And so I fell in love early on with I, this. I, I mean, I don't even have to ask. Your dad must have been a massive Doobie Brothers fan. Huge, huge, huge. It's... These next three are just Gus Polio. Gus all is the way a up. huge Huge Doobie Brothers fan. Don't do that. He walked in. He said, I'm a huge Doobie Brothers fan. (sighs) (laughs) It's every time now I have to. I don't like it. Yeah, that's an easy one. But what about your number? What about your number two? Already Gone, The Eagles. Okay. Another classic that was played and pounded into my head. That's a fabulous song. Is your dad a big Don Henley guy or a big Eagles guy? Or both? That's a great question for Gus. Okay. I want to say the Eagles. You're going to have to ask him for us. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know if Gus is more Don Henley, more Eagles, or just, hey, man, I love both of them. Write us in, Gus. Yeah. Let us yeah. know. <laughs> send send me a DM, Gus. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's an easy dig since Big Lebowski, but I'm really not a big Eagles guy. They have great songs. They have Hotel California's a masterpiece. And mm-hmm. uh, what's their one other song I like? I'm trying to think. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, that's about it. Take it easy. What? Witchy nah. Woman, Desperado. Yeah, fuck no. Best of my love. No, no? man. Like maybe Witchy Woman, but Take no, it easy though. It's just Take it easy. Fuck no. No, no. Okay. I can't dig on it. I can't dig on it, man. No, not one more time, none more times. One of these nights? No. Oh my gosh. Either. Why do you hate the Eagles? I, they are a good band. Uh-uh. They have good production, good backing, great musicians. It's just Okay, you can hate them. That's fine. I don't know. I don't know what to compare it to today. It's like too polished stuff. That's it's fair. Like, let's go to my number two. Let's. I already talked about this band and my favorites, but these two songs are so fucking good that I had to do it. My number two is School by Supertramp. Mm-hmm. The opening track from Crime of the Century. The song is goddamn amazing. It starts, it's a little slow, and then you get into that build to that huge piano breakdown. Oh my God, that <laughs> song is fucking good. They have a couple of way better albums than this one. Mm -hmm. But the first two songs on crime of the century are just Mm -hmm. beasts. That's my number two On to my number one. It should be Rachel's two. It is Jolene by Dolly Parton. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. And anyone that says otherwise should be boiled in their own pudding. Rachel, what about you? What's left? I chose you can close your eyes by Linda Ronstadt. All of heart like a wheel is the best there is. Every song is amazing. There's no skips. Banger, banger, banger. 10 out of 10. I feel like I'm revealing too much, but... No, it's totally not boring It's at not all. boring at all. Linda Ronstadt rules, and that album slaps. Linda Ronstadt does rule. That's true. Heart Like a Wheel is a great album. I, I'm i missing the boat on You Can Close Your Eyes. I don't That's get, fine. I don't get it, but chicks be crazy. <laughs> Let's do the five favorite albums okay. now. Our five favorite albums. Yes. Favorite, not best. Right. This is uh, Rachel. Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, no, I didn't have any honorable mentions. Look at you. I do. Okay. <clears throat> Natty Dread. Right. Like I said, Bob Marley fan here. Love it. I'm very hurt by the fact that, that I mean, that's probably a top three Marley album and it's not on our top 10 best, but sorry. Like I said, Marley is a live guy, man. And then my other honorable mention, you already said it as thinking it would be my favorite. It is Apostrophe by Frank Zappa. It is one of my two favorite Frank Zappa albums. I do love that album. I think it's spectacular. It's like, God, it's a great album. But it's only my honorable mention, which leads me to my number five of 1974, Rags to Rufus by Rufus and Shaka Khan. This is primo, something different funk soul from 1974. There was some good soul funk going on in the early 70s, but this is 
primo shit for me. A lot of it blends in together. This does not. This is just amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie Wonder did some writing for this. Of course, you got Shaka Khan, Ray Parker Jr. on vocals. Fucking A. That is my number five. Rachel, what's yours? My number five is... Harry Chapin's Verities and Balderdash. Great album. Great album. One of my childhood favorites, 3,000, 30,000 pounds of bananas. There it is. (laughs) That's my Gatorita talking. I love Harry Chapin. And of course, Cats in the Cradle. It's a great album. Yes. Wonderful pick. What's your number four? Number four was something to fight you on. Leonard Skinner's Second Helping. Yeah, let's get into it. You were not a huge fan. So I am not a big Confederate flag fan. You are. Let's discuss. David James. (laughs) (laughs) That's come on. That's funny. Uh, Um, For you. Look, what did I say in my thing? I said, Leonard Skinner's not my thing, right. but I understand their importance, and I do. I think that they are the antithesis of that Southern blues rock thing, right. but I do think that most of their albums are kind of fucking boring compared to some of the other stuff that was out. So I think the reason why I liked this album so much is because when I was like, oh, 1974, I'm so fucking excited about this. I really thought every album was going to sound like this album. In my head, oh. everything was this Leonard Skinner rock and fair. roll. That's very fair. And it wasn't at all everything else sounded like. And so I think when I listened to this, I was like, yeah, it's fucking 1974. This is what I wanted. This is what I was thinking about. I, that's actually, I like that. Yeah. I can definitely understand that. We can pick on something else that you said sucked. And I completely disagree. Okay. Uh, Rush's first album. Oops. I love this album. I think it's fantastic. Okay. Working Man is the last song on this is one of my favorite songs of all time. Getty Lee just going after it. They call him the working man. I used to sing this, you know, stand and watch and shit. Fucking Rush. I love yeah. this. I think it's a fantastic album. And yes, you're right. No Neil Pert, but fuck it. Cause this album rocks, which leads me to. My number three, if he has an album in the year, I'm going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's Diamond Dogs by David Bowie. Okay. Why do you hate David Bowie? I don't hate David Bowie. Well, Diamond Dogs was nowhere in any of your lists. It was not. Just... I'm just wondering. That's okay. It wasn't in your top 10, was it? No, it wasn't. Because I was trying to separate the... I was trying to... Best and favorites. The more albums that you can fit in the episode by not having the same on the list. Okay. But Diamond Dogs, it's spectacular. It's David Bowie and it's great and it's 70s and he's not in his 80s yet and I love it. Uh, Diamond Dogs, man. Okay. That opening when when he's got crowd noise... And then you hear that dirty guitar kick in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love it. I love it. Rachel, what's your number three? Number three, I have Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot. You love those boring white dudes, though. Fucking love boring white dudes playing guitar. No, that's a spectacular album. Yeah. This is is one that was spinning all the time. Carefree Highway on that. It was just, it was great. He really had his shit together, man. Yeah, I did. Oh, what's your number two? Now, this is a surprise. Veed and Fleece. Van Morrison. Oh, I'm not even sure. I knew that he had an album. He did. And I fucking love Van Morrison. Well, yeah, that's that's not really a hot take, but yeah, he is absolutely a white dude in the seventies. I was more saying that everybody loves Van ah, Morrison. That's true. That's true. I didn't even catch that he had a seventy four. Yeah, album. he did. This was it. This got horrible. Which is silly because he is an album every year yeah. that ever existed. This got sorry. Go this ahead. got bad reviews when it came out. This oh. one, people were like, eh. No, but then Rolling Stone did that thing that they do when they re-release it to something. Twenty years later, <laughs> actually, this is amazing. We love this album. This is, this brilliant. is brilliant. We take We've back loved it everything we said. One. So I thought this was great, and his feelings were hurt, so he took a hiatus after this for uh, until seventy-seven. My number two, Pretzel Logic by Steely Dan. Nobody's surprised. Is it blues? Is it rock? Is it is it Crosby, Stills and Nash? Is it jazz? What is this? What is this album that we speak of? It's fucking amazing is what it is. Yeah. Pretzel Logic is a brilliant album. Mm-hmm. It's goddamn brilliant. Ricky, don't lose that number. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> which leads me to my number one. Yeah. Which we haven't talked about. At all? You want to know the honest truth? Yeah. We haven't talked about it at all. <gasps> Go on. In 1974, it was his like eighth album or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, ninth studio album 
he had this massive, massive tour in Europe in 1973. He did a couple covers and things like that. But this is one of my favorite soul funk albums of all time. And it is The Kids and Me by Billy Preston. I could listen to this. Okay, the song Nothing From Nothing, which is the second track on this album. Mm -hmm. You turn that on any night and you try to be in a bad mood. This album is so fucking cool. This is the most Friday night album ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love Billy Preston and everybody own and listen to this album all the fucking time. Okay. Rachel. David, what's my number one? Linda Ronstadt. Done. I win. You have to drink the rest of the tequila that's in the bottle. Mm. You don't really, you still have the tag on your, I was about to compliment you on your awesome beer glass, but you still have like the tag on the bottom. It's actually a Starbucks cup. I think it's interesting to look back. It's just trying to get me to, to see how much it cost. Cause I like, I'm trying to give you an, a compliment on your amazing British beer it's glass. Starbucks. And, oh, it's from Starbucks. Sorry. Look, we have uh, one more thing to do, right? Probably. Hey, we collectively came up with the 10 best, best. albums of 1974. What is it on it that's going to piss you guys off? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to find this. out. But I will tell you right now. No. Okay. Th- never no, mind. <laughs> we're not waiting at all. We all came up with it. The two of us. We all. Her and I, the Rachel and the me. I did a little math. Oh, yeah. Math, not meth. Math. So it is official. Our number 10 of 1974, really all thanks to Rachel. This would be number five on her list, number 10 on mine. It is mm-hmm. It's Heart Like a Wheel by Linda Ronstadt. That's our number 10. We've talked about it. Number five on mine. Yeah. Number nine on Rachel's, a little bit surprising. It's Harry Chapin. It's Verities and Balderdash. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Uh, we've talked about that a lot too. We've talked about our number seven, which is number three on mine. Oh God, that's stupid. You made your decision. It should be number two or no, I'm sticking with it. 10 on yours. I feel like I need to listen to that and more. And it's Pretzel Logic by Steely Dan. And then I think my number order Yo. would change. I would say go. There just, is a lot to listen to. You got your tequila, uh, which leads us to, it's weird. It's weird getting to number six. Seven. Sorry, number seven, which is six on one of our, yeah. seven on one of ours. So pretty even split. Uh, Jolene by Dar- should be Dolly number one. Parton. It feels really fucking weird having Jolene as a number seven of a year. To be fair, do you think like, because we're talking about the entire album. But what's weird is mm-hmm. if I look at the next album or a couple albums down. Yeah. And I think which albums would stand yeah. the test of time for like 200 years. It's fucking Jolene by Dolly Parton. But okay. I am comfortable with our list. I don't think our list is bad. So, which leads us to our number six. One of us had it four. One of us had it eight. It's Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot. Yes. Who had it at four? Who had it at eight? I had it at four. Gordon Lightfoot is the shit. He really is. Mm-hmm. Number five, I Want to See the Bright Lights Tonight by Rich and Linda Thompson. Rachel hates it. I love it. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. Number four is Rachel's number one best album <sighs> of the year. Yeah. Leonard Skinnerd. Yeah. I- it had some bangers on it. And like we've talked about, this is like the epitome of the sound of Leonard Skinnerd. This is great. This is this has yeah. Sweet Home Alabama, which is like the biggest song that ever came out of. Never heard it, but I bet it's, it's good. It's very good. You should turn it on after this. Uh, Ballad, <laughs> okay. Ballad of Curtis Blow. Should I turn Lowe. it up? Yeah. When people look back on this year, this is something they think of. This is one of the great albums of that year. So I very much it, think. It, Sweet Home Alabama, yeah. probably one of the biggest songs of all time. Correct. So very fair. Our number three, which was, I guess, you well, according to the math, it did. It was it was actually tied with Leonard Skinner, but oh. I guess I put it there because I'm not putting Leonard Skinner above Stevie Wonder and fulfilling this first That's finale. Fair. Even if I don't think this is the best Stevie Wonder album, it's still fucking Stevie Wonder and it still shreds. You love it's, Stevie Wonder. Who <laughs> listening to this doesn't love Stevie Wonder? Raise your hand right now. I'm waiting. Like write me and be like, here's why Stevie Wonder just isn't that good. And I will quit the podcast. I will start a different <laughs> podcast. It'll be called Why So-and-So is an Idiot. You could have a whole podcast about you, right, David? Our number two. Yes. Do you know what our number two is? Number two is Joni Mitchell's Cork Court and Spark. You had one job. <laughs> I have one alcohol, David. Take it down a notch. I'm not the leader. I'm the vice president. It's Joni fucking Mitchell. And after listening to it, it's probably one of her three best albums. It's insane. It's a good one. It's so good. Yeah. I am very happy with our number one. Yes. Which is what? 
Which is the Doobie Brothers. What were once vices are now habits. Look at that first try. Bam. Yes. Get her an English degree, motherfuckers. Oop. Uh, the Doobie Brothers are spectacular. Yeah. Albums that we didn't have, uh, that didn't make it, that, you know, I had Kimono My House by Sparks we didn't talk about. Right. I had uh, Bad Company's first album. You had Earth, Wind & Fire's uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, Cat Stevens. I love Cat Stevens. I do admit that that's not the best example of Cat Stevens. but uh, And you had Barry White, which is... Uh, Good choice. I don't know why I'm so indifferent to Barry White. Great guy. That's fine. Yeah, cool stuff. That's 74. 1974. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I, think, I feel great. You know, I gotta say, we're getting pretty fucking good at this, because I don't think there's gonna be a lot of editing in that. We're at an hour, we're at a crisp hour Boop. and a half. This is gonna edit easily to a, like a perfect hour. Just take the racist stuff out. Smooth like butter. Hey, everybody, I want to appreciate, and I also want to acknowledge that I am <laughs> appreciating all of you for joining us on 1974. Uh, this has been really fun doing this with you, Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks good talk this time it wasn't a lot of notes for me do you know what next week is on the pod what's next david we're talking beatles <gasps> the beatles i will fucking love the beatles 1964 yeah. the beatles year maybe the biggest year that a band's ever had in that history was a good year for them they did some stuff join us next week for the beatles uh, rachel thinks yes versecoursefirst.com at versecoursefirstpod go to the youtubes and watch those be ready because when this comes out we've only just a little bit left got one more month not much time left what am i talking about yeah we got two months still when this comes (laughs) uh but we're getting into the nitty-gritty we're getting to the end of the year episodes you know beatles and then the best of what did we miss and bleep blop bloop rachel say goodbye to everybody goodbye to everybody good night and good luck what do we do when we run out of beatles oh i